What is going on? I am Ramsey Sub. What? This is the A Side B Side podcast, a branded podcast by What's the Moment.net. As always, thank you for listening. Um, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends to do the same. We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts, but you already know that because you're listening. So uh, thank you for being here. <sighs> Disregard my voice. I am feeling a little under the weather, but it is what it is, and we are going to power through this. So uh, this is episode 216. Um, with um, uh, an exclusive interview with the legendary photographer Jeff Crespi Rocks. I swear, if you are not shit until you have been in, <laughs> shot by this guy. So I am blessed to have said that I've been shot by him a couple times. So <laughs> go to whatsamovie.net for our new updates. Uh, we got new music from Latney, Digital Money. We got a new single from Sis called If I Called You, produced by Dr. Drew. Shout out to Drew and Congratulations on uh, graduating uh, dentist school. That's that's amazing. Um, we have a new video by Marcus Orion, Joe College, called The Difference. We debuted the single on episode 214, so go back and listen to that. Um, go and listen to the last episode before that um, called Know Your Number with Ben Carter from Tolero Tequila and DJ The Money Coach. Uh, we talked a lot about entrepreneurship and a bunch of other things. I learned so much from these gentlemen. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk your ear off. Let's just get right into it and the interview. But like I said, go to whatsamoment.net for all of our new updates. And um, thank you for being patient. Um, This is new music from Nate Taylor. He's new on my radar. uh, But I'm digging this track. It's called Talk To Me. Uh, We've been debuting tracks left and right on this podcast. So pay, pay close attention. But as always, I need you to feel this. Why you been talking that bullshit you been saying? Why you never listen to me? Quit playing. Talk to me, baby. Just talk to me, baby. Why you never listen to me? So impatient. Why you always looking at me like you hate me? Talk to me, baby. Just talk to me, baby. Yeah, yeah. You just been worried about all the lies. Why won't you look at me right in my eyes? Why you dramatic? Why won't you just try? No, I'll never think about it twice To let you know again You're more than just a friend You're my everything I gotta have, I gotta make you mine Always thought about you, girl, I want that shit for life You've been talking that bullshit, you've been saying Why you never listen to me? Quit playing, talk to me, baby Alrighty, what's going on? I am Ramsey said what? This is the A-Side B-Side podcast, a brand of podcast by what's the movement.net. As always, go to the website, check out all of our updates. We have new music from your favorite acts from Jersey and beyond, um, all genres of music too. So uh, definitely go to what's the movement.net, check that out. Um, if you can hear me and you're listening to this podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends to do the same, um, keep you up to date with everything going on but um i have a very special guest in this episode i always love talking to uh people i regard as definite movers and shakers in in uh you know the the local music scene um and honestly beyond for for our guest today um so uh i'm gonna actually let you introduce yourself okay hey hey everybody um i'm jeff crespi from jeff crespi rocks um local music photographer um state of new jersey house photographer for the uh stone pony in asbury park 
many other venues, events, um, been photographing live and local music for probably around the last 15 years consistently, uh, well over 350 shows a year. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm here to say hi and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, no, thanks for coming on, um, for sure. Uh, we were like talking about this uh, the other day at um, at the Garden State Hip Hop and Alpha Code show about like how like you you're going you've gone from 350 shows a year to to zero essentially. So uh, how how have you been doing without live music? I've I've <laughs> hated this time. Well, it's kind of a little of both. So you know, yeah, I mean, the first couple of months were definitely you know, oh my god, how am I going to do this? You know, um, how am I going to adjust? I really didn't know. You know, you've got to remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, I don't think anybody really knew what was going on at the no, time. Right. You know, because nobody ever saw anything like this on the on the level that we're, we're seeing it. And um, so, you know, from the very beginning, when kind of it was kind of just starting to come out there in terms of watching the news, we didn't have to lock down quite yet. But. I remember kind of just putting out a post and just saying, hey, listen, you know, uh, whatever bands or if there's any local bands, artists that want to kind of maybe, you know, do a little photo shoot on me, um, people I've never worked with before, you know, this would be a great opportunity, you know, and um, a bunch of bands reached out to me. We got about two bands into it mm -hmm. and then the lockdown happened. Uh right so so everybody else was now now they, everybody was nervous nobody really was sure if they should come out not you know they didn't know if they should be around you know so everybody was very like it was a very eerie time because yeah. there was no definitive it was just nobody was sure and um and i remember saying okay you know what it is what it is just like everybody else i have to go home i got to take care of my family we mm -hmm. got to figure out what we need to do and we just got to see what's going on. And I remember going home and, you know, my wife and I, you know, we work every day of our lives and have been since we're like 17 years old, yeah. you know, and uh, we worked in Manhattan, you know, for many, many years, the whole two hour bus trip each way. Yeah. So we're not we're not in the house people, you know, for the, for the most part. Um, and then when I started doing the photography, you know, and then it, it just kind of escalated over time. And before I knew it, I was out of the house 350 days a year. Yeah. And and that's on top of a day job, getting up at 530 in the morning and going to a day job every day till whatever it is, four o'clock in the afternoon. And then literally just changing at like a 7-Eleven on the way to a show. <laughs> you know, that kind of was my routine. So I sat there and. For the first couple of months, it was just me, my wife, and my daughter, and we went through <laughs> the bare basics, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, we didn't even have Netflix in the living room. Oh, like, wow. I had to go yeah. out and buy a Roku just to have Netflix in the living room, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, and then my daughter being home at the time, um, she was working but got laid off, and mm -hmm. she's like, okay, Dad, you know, this is what we're going to watch, you know? And she turned me on to all these documentaries, and, you know, so we started to dabble in that and you know a few days a week two weeks you know i live in a two-bedroom condo there's no basement there's mm -hmm. no garage took me maybe a week to clean the entire house out go through every closet you know a week later i'm like oh shit what do i do now yeah you know <laughs> so so i came up with this idea but i knew at that time it wasn't really the right time 
to be out there in the middle of the chaos because number one everybody was out of yeah. their minds the, the right? toilet so, paper war so, had commenced yeah everybody <laughs> was out of their freaking minds yeah. between the news social media but it was a very sad time also so i didn't want to be out there running around i'm not a journalist i'm a music photographer so mm -hmm. i didn't want to be out there running around trying to take pictures of empty supermarket shelves and <laughs> yeah. you know that that's not what i do you know so i i came up with this idea and then a couple of months into the lockdown i kind of put up a post saying that you know i want to go around safely now taking pictures of local artists musicians mm -hmm. people that in the industry that i'm around all throughout the years but when i'm out there working and doing my job and they're doing their job a lot of times we don't get to interact on a personal level yeah. right because it's like they're playing i'm shooting the end of the night i go home to my my family yeah and um so i said this could be a great opportunity to get in front of people that I really don't even know some, I don't even know what these people do for a living, you know, or even that they have families, you yeah. know, some of them. So I said, let, you know, I put this post out there. I'd like to come around taking some pictures who would be interested. And I woke up to about 60 requests. Yeah. And um, I, I just, it was overwhelming. And I said, uh oh, I hope I didn't like get involved in something that I can't handle. <laughs> but anyway, so I kind of had this list now of all these people that were interested in me just, you know, coming by their houses and just taking like a social distancing picture from the street. Yeah. And um, so the whole point of it was to take this picture, but then have the artist musician send me a quote of what their state of mind is during that period of time mm. at that moment. So now we're talking about literally early on in the, in the lockdown. So people were devastated. People didn't know yeah. what to do. They were out of work. They, you know, lost family members. So now I'm going out there and I'm sitting there with this list. And I now I have to figure out demographically because I didn't want to be out there every day running around. So I was picking like two or three days a week and saying, I'll go out for like three hours on this day. I'll go out for three hours on this day. So now I'm saying, okay, where do these people live? Are they north from me? Are they south from me? Are they east? Are they west? And I was grouping everybody together demographically. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of contact, you know, five people say, okay, I'm coming out this day. I'm going north of me. Who, who wants, who's available on that day? You know, and that's kind of how I did it. So all in all, I ended up taking about 70 pictures over the course of about a month, a little more than a month time mm -hmm. um, it took me. And then after the pictures were all done and I would post each picture as people would send me the quote, I was superimposing the quote onto the picture mm -hmm. and making a, a single post on Facebook and my Instagram pages. And I did that. And then somebody contacted me that I knew and asked me, if I was interested in making it into like a filming it and making it into like a documentary. Mm, that's an idea. So I said, okay, that could be really cool. Yeah. So he came out with me to Asbury park and we kind of filmed over the course of a few hours in Asbury park, me kind of telling the story of my state of mind during this time. Yeah. And then we took all the pictures, all 70 pictures and, and put them into the video as almost like a slideshow, so to speak. Yeah. The coolest part about it was, again, learning about people that I really didn't know much about on a personal level and also understanding that it didn't matter what status you were during this time. It didn't matter if you were professional, still mm. working, 
or you know a bartender or a server yeah. with no income it still affected everybody Absolutely in some everybody. way shape or form yeah. and that was an important message to understand because i was watching all the chaos on social media you know everybody should feel bad for the servers and the bartenders which of course i do but just because somebody is a professional doesn't mean they're not suffering or struggling either yeah you know just because they make x amount of dollars all that means is they also have a, a more expensive mortgage or <laughs> yeah. more expensive cars or they still have to find a way to pay their bills yeah. you know so so it was a lot about that and it put me in front of people that i really didn't know personal stuff about them and when somebody's going through something like that they're a lot more sympathetic in the way they communicate so i'm standing there like 10 feet away watching people with tears in their eyes yeah. you know telling me stories about family members that passed away in assisted living places yeah no you know contact. And yeah. yeah exactly so i'm like wow so the whole thing then got made into a documentary and it was put up on instagram and youtube and i think like in the first few days on instagram alone it had like 1400 views wow you know and then so that was kind of got me through another month or two of the pandemic during the lockdown um, and then, like I said, we just kind of, you know, we both sat here, me and my wife, you know, uh, on unemployment, you know, riding it out. You know, that's really the only way to describe it. I mean, I've been through enough in my life to understand that, you know, logic plays a big role in things like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you could sit back and you could think logically and, and kind of do your research to kind of figure out how to handle it, you know, but not everybody is that kind of person, you know? So you're watching the whole chaotic scene go, go out there and run around like crazy. And then, you know, you're sitting back, you're saying, Oh my God, you know, I want to help people, but there's some people that really don't want the help. They yeah. just want to cause drama and make it more chaotic. And I was reaching out to people and I could tell you honestly that I reached out to probably a dozen people to help them with situations that they were going through not a single person ever responded. Wow. And I said, you know what? There you go. There's your answer. People don't want the help. The people that want the help will do their own research and reach out on their own. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've learned through this. So I'm very selective with, with people, you know, in terms of reaching out and helping people because the majority of them don't want the help. They just want to, they just want to see their own drama. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so that's kind of so for me, it's still, you know, but then as time went on, you know, um, the spring, the summer, uh, a few places, very few started to figure out some ways of doing live shows again outside. Uh, you had the drive in shows, yeah. you know, at, at Mammoth Racetrack, and you had, you know, little venues that were just kind of putting on things in the parking lot. And yeah. so there was things starting to happen. Um, very sporadic and very limited, but, you know, at some point I said, okay, you know, I don't want to be out there running around, but I'll go out and do what I need to do. And, I'll, you know, I was doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff like I did with you guys and, mm -hmm. you know, live streaming events and people were bringing me in to do, you know, bands that I knew that were filming videos or doing, you know, uh, live streaming of just recording some songs during this time. They bring me in to do all the behind the scenes photos. So yeah. I was doing things, but it was just very different stuff from what I'm normally used to doing. Yeah. You know, so it kind of was, it was, it was weird, but you know, like I said, you know, I knew enough people and, and enough people, 
know me and my reputation that, you know, there was things happening. Yeah. You know, so and now it's now I'm I'm busy, but it's just again, it's it's busy in different ways. Yeah. You know, you said you said uh, like I'm not a journalist. I'm not gonna go out, but you definitely documented just like one would. I mean, photojournalism is a thing too. Yeah, but I didn't want to be running around in the chaotic side of the coin. Oh uh, yeah, because no, I because I for for somebody like me who doesn't work for an outlet or a newspaper, I I, I didn't want to add to the cause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I sat back and I said, if it's music related, if it's, you know, people I'm around in the industry, that's mm -hmm. different. But I didn't want to just run around to the parks and run around the streets like everybody was, you know, doing. So, um, yeah. So then, like I said, now I've been, you know, I've been busy. I don't, I don't have work. I've been still on unemployment and have been from day one. Um, you know, I don't have a job to go back to, you know, in terms of a day job, I'm still not sure what I'm going to do when that time comes but for now you know i'm okay just you know hanging in there yeah uh definitely i completely understand it's funny uh even at the show you were uh uh when i was contemplating proposing to my now fiance uh we you, we had a conversation about like like unemployment and and finagling yeah. around money so it's it's kind of crazy uh that like you brought it up now um, yeah, I mean, like I said, in some respects, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough that, you know, we were able to pay the bills. Yeah. You know, absolutely. you know, we don't have anything left over, but we're able to pay the bills and we have a you know roof over our heads. And thank God for that. You yeah, know, I remember absolutely. I remember what, 20, 24 years ago when I moved to Jersey from Brooklyn mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we bought a condo, you know, which at that time was everything. We, we didn't have a any to our name you know we bought this house with the bare minimum mm -hmm. and the but you know in relative to now you know our mortgage is low enough that we didn't have to panic yeah you know we, we're able to do it we're able to get by with what we're getting right now just barely but we're able to get by and um one thing i also noticed during this was like i don't know like you know you can't obviously answer for somebody else right yeah but but you sit there and i say to myself how many people are out there that what it seemed like to me doesn't have a single person in their lives that they could go to for help mm. like whether it be a family member or a close friend like yeah. i know like if me and my wife were in a bad time let's just say something happened whether it be financially or in another way we have friends that we could go to. We have family members that we could go to if we have to. Yeah. You know, if I needed a few hundred dollars because something happened this week and I couldn't pay my mortgage, I have a couple of people I could call up and say, hey, can I borrow a couple hundred dollars yeah. to pay my mortgage? But I, I just realized that there were so many people that were begging for money and begging for everything and creating GoFundMes for, yeah. and I'm like, do, you, do, you, do all these people not have a single person in their life yeah. that they can't go to for help if they need it? I, I That was mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, know? like, thinking about, like, I mean, maybe, maybe like for myself, I'll speak for myself. Like, uh, maybe I've taken that for granted until thinking about it. That, like, you know what? Like, I, I do have an anchor in that way. I do have somebody I could depend on if, if things hit the fan. So, 
Yeah, I'm not talking about, you know, hey, I need 10 grand, but, but if I need <laughs> no, a couple yeah. hundred no, bucks, definitely. I, mean, I yeah. mean, I can't imagine that somebody doesn't have somebody in their lives that they could go to, you know, you know, it's that they trust or trust them, you know. So what kind of lives could, could these people be living if they don't have anybody that's <laughs> yeah. willing to help them out? You know, that's what it kept going through my mind. Yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, but it, it's it's definitely a weird time, and you know, for what I do, for for the love of music and the love of the scene, yeah, it's definitely it's a it was a hard adjustment, but I really, I really, kind of, I guess naturally, I just logically thought it out and said, you know what, it is what it is. We got to ride it out. And I'm not going to go, you know, crazy over it. You know, I'm going to be able to just sit here. You know, I didn't think I'd last this long being at home every day, you know, with mm. my wife. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy like, you know, I, me and my wife would see each other a few hours a week, you know, in a normal time, you know, just in yeah. passing. You know, that yeah. was pretty much it. You know, and now it's like we're sitting on the couch every day watching TV for, you know, eight hours a day. And so if I have something to go out. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, so it's definitely a weird time. And I'm just, you know, things are starting to come back slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, I've spoken to a few of the venues that I, that I kind of, you know, frequent. And they're all starting to now, you know, most of the stuff they're doing is going to be late summer, early fall, you know, in terms of some bigger stuff. You know, yeah. um, there's a lot of smaller local stuff going on right now um, that I've been part of. So, yeah, it's enough right now to just keep me busy until that time comes. Yeah, adapting and, and adjusting. But, yeah, uh, that's really all you can do. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our interview with Jess, Jeff Crespi. Hey, guys, you're listening to A-Side, B-Side podcast, and we'll be right back. Oh, she made it sound sexy. Yo, yo, this is Joe College. Head over to civxsav.com and lace yourself. Stop playing with it. It's more than apparel. It's a lifestyle. This is Mike Brown, president of East One Teach One Incorporated. We're a 501c nonprofit mentoring program for boys ages 9 to 17. We have both group and one on one mentoring. For more information, go to eachoneteachone.org or send an email to contact at eachoneteachone.org. Hey guys, this is Gabby, chief editor and founder of JDo Magazine. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JDo Mag. That's at J D O E M A G. We're available in digital and print. This magazine's for artists, rappers, singers, designers, athletes, entrepreneurs, anybody who's consistently working on their craft, their passion, their talent, who wants to showcase their talent on another level. If you're interested in being featured or placing an ad, shoot us an email or send us a DM and let us know what you do. JDo Magazine is the go-to place for entertainment and networking. That's JDo Magazine, your passion, your style, your vision, your platform. Alrighty, uh, so we're back. I am Ramsey So What. You guys knew that already, but you're not here for me, at least not me solely. Um, I am with Jeff Crespi. We have been talking about uh, kind of adjusting during the pandemic and... Uh, and the local music scene and and a bunch of stuff you know kind of finagling being at home with with our loved ones now a little more than normal figuring out why do you still love me but uh, you know 
<laughs> but, yeah, it's funny. My, my my daughter was here, and my daughter's a tattoo artist, so she's been working ever since the lockdown was lifted. Yeah. Um, for for the you know tattoos and and hair salons at that time. Um, but you know, and she comes home late at night and she'll, sometimes she'll say, okay, you know, let's watch something. And then five minutes into it, she's asleep on the couch, you know, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, but my daughter has been the one that's been kind of really keeping us going in terms of, you know, um, keeping us on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of your daughter, uh, you guys have a pop-up shop tomorrow. Yes. So. Uh, so uh, all these years that, you know, I've never really done like a gallery. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is because, um, although I shoot everything from, you know, mainstream down, my heart's in the local scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to galleries, you know, it's very hard because, you know, most people want to see mainstream, right. They want to see, you know, the, that stuff, that's what mm-hmm. they want to see, uh, for, in terms of, you know, photography from a musician uh, standpoint Um, but you know I never wanted to do that because it's just not my thing so I was talking to my friend Caroline from uh, Ghost Harbor Creative Mm -hmm. and she had like a few weeks in between two two other shows and we were talking and I says you know what I've never done a gallery you know how does it work you know, and she started mm-hmm. to tell me about it. And she says, well, you know, if you want to use the space, you can use it for anything you want to do with it, you know, during that period of time. And I said, okay, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do a gallery, but I really want to make it more about the local scene. She says, that's a great idea. So I said, okay, you know, I'll print out a bunch of photos. We talked about it. And then I said, you know, my daughter's an artist, my son's an artist. Mm-hmm. I said, I got a great idea. Why don't we make it like a family thing? And and so we kind of developed it as, you know, the, the Crespi family gallery show, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, I'm going to display, you know, all my, you know, photos of, of bands I've shot over the, the years. Um, most of it's local, but yes, there's some mainstream in there. I, I've already printed out, I think about 120 photos. Um, I'll probably display about, you know, whatever close to 100 of them you know for the gallery and just have some other ones you know there as well um but and my daughter's uh all her original artwork and and prints um and my son's same thing you know made some prints of all his uh, artwork and i think my son might even be putting in some paintings that he did oh wow and um and maybe even some clothes so he likes to make his own clothes so, um, you know, so and, and so it's kind of that's kind of how we're doing it. We're kind of presenting it as the Crespi Family Gallery show. Um, and, and I really just encouraging all local artists and local musicians, you know, from the area, and you know, Asbury and surround surrounding areas to come by and check it out. And just if they want to, you know, buy anything they can, it's you know, nothing's going to be expensive. It's all going to be relatively cheap. Um, it's just really just to get people to come in and kind of see, see themselves, you know, it's going to be one of those things where a lot of the musicians that are in the pictures are going to be there kind of looking at their own pictures, Yeah. you know, so that's kind of what I wanted it to be about. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's really nice, you know, and, um, so we're doing tomorrow night, we're doing the soft opening, which is from five thirty to 7 PM, mm-hmm. um, at, at Ghost Harbor Creative in Asbury Park on Bangs Avenue. Uh, Monday night is the the main pop up uh, gallery showing from seven to uh, I'm sorry from six to eight p.m. 
um, where we're going to have a little entertainment, uh, refreshments and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so, so far we've gotten a great response, you know, and a lot of people already told us that they're coming by one of the two nights. Um, so yeah, it should be really cool. And then the stuff will kind of stay in there for approximately two weeks. <clears throat> if anybody wants to, you know, go there and check it out, they could just, you know, contact the place or myself to, uh, let us know when they'd like to come by to look at stuff, or they could just kind of contact me if there's anything in there that they want to maybe purchase or something. They could do that directly through me as well. Nice. Or, or my son or daughter. So yeah, so it should be pretty cool. I, I wish I knew I was going to be in town. I, I would have tried to get this interview out earlier so we could do it before the before the pop-up, but I will definitely be there probably tomorrow since now I'm here. So <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's funny. I did, there's a couple of pictures from the, from the hip-hop festival. Oh, nice. That I put in there. That's yeah, awesome. Because, so, you know, for me, like I said, one of the, a lot of people always ask me, like, you know, what is the difference? Like, you know, there's so many photographers, right? You know, there's so many local photographers. And, and, and I, you know, I, again, I can only speak for myself. You know, I think the biggest difference from me to some of the other local photographers are is that <clears throat> I don't only subject myself to one specific genre mm -hmm. or one specific place or, you know, um, or one specific time frame of music, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm that guy that, you know, could sh shoot Kiss at Madison Square Garden and the next night I'm at an open mic comedy show. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what I what I love about what I do. And, you know, there's times where I'll go to show like I, I actually when I'm not in the busy, busy season where I have to be certain places, I'm actually scoping out shows that I never heard of. Oh, okay. Because I want to, I want to be at shows that nobody really knows who these people are. Number one, because I think that's cool. Yeah. And number two, because those people aren't getting the support that other people are getting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so when there's a band that's coming through from Colorado, let's say, and they're playing the Saint on a Tuesday night in the middle of the winter. How many people you think is going to be there? Yeah, <laughs> good point. And then I'll be there, and then you know somebody will say to me, "What are you doing here?" And then why aren't you at so and so show? And I'm like, "Well, that's why I'm here, because yeah. everybody else is over there. <laughs> you yeah. know, no, no, nobody's supporting this show. You know, because they don't know who they are. Because most most people chase popularity. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't. You know, I do love the the mainstream shows. I love the atmosphere, and I love the the fun part of being in an atmosphere like that with 5,000 screaming people. Um, but I also like those one-off shows that, you know, uh, a band that's coming through from another state that doesn't know anybody here. Yeah. You know, because you never know what you're going to see, you know, first of all, or here, you yeah. know, so it's so cool. I mean, even when I used to do Warp Tour and Mayhem Fest and all those big festivals, as soon as those gates open, I would run right to that side stage. And I would stay at that side stage for hours, seeing all those bands that nobody ever heard of yet that are traveling from mm -hmm. other states. And this is their first time playing a festival like that. And I've got to shoot some very, very relevant bands that, you know, nobody knew who they were at that time. That's amazing. That's that's kind of how like what's the movement started for me. It was like just on the radio trying to find like that diamond in the rough and run into music festivals all over the place and 
like covering the openers you know so uh yep like and and i'm and to this day it's still kind of like that for me so so to hear and even, even even today like all the shows i go to if you if you ever noticed or seen me i'm there an hour before doors open mm-hmm. and i'm there till the very end yeah and you know i don't just show up for that one band i don't just show up for the headliner i'm tr- i treat the local opener the same way i do the headliner yeah, absolutely. There's no difference, you know. Th- those headliners would never, would not headliners when they first started. They started out as a local band playing small yep. shows or basements or or VFWs or firehouses or <laughs> yeah. or friends' birthday parties, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, you don't bec- become a Bruce Springsteen without the beginning part, you know, or a Willie Nile or a Jesse Mallon, and you know, even with Light of Day, you know. Um, I cover the light of day and yeah. the Sunday, the, 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 la- the Sunday of, of, of the last uh, part of it is always the kids rock event at the stone pony. Yeah. And I, and I said this last year, um, the last two years ago when they had the last festival, um, when I get to that Sunday, I stay there from when the doors open, which is like noon to when the show ends. And I'm telling you, that the Saturday night before that is the main event at the Paramount Theater. There's like 25 photographers. Yeah. The Sunday for the Kids Rock Show, you know how many photographers are there? One. <laughs> exactly yeah. me. Not a single photographer comes by for those for that show. And I and I said something to them this year. I said, you know, that's really not right. Yeah. I said you got all these photographers and all these local photographers, no less, and they don't care about the young kids. And I said these young kids are going to be the next Bruce, the yeah. next Willie Niles, the next Jesse Mallon. Yeah. And I said nobody's giving them really any any coverage. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like you know that's always been my thing. You know, even you know when the Pony does their Rock to the Top showcases, I love those because like, yeah. you never know who you're going to see and. I've watched so many kids progress over the years. Lake House Music Academy. Yeah. You know, I, I do all their big gigs, which is their student showcases. You know how many kids I watch through the, through the years that just are so amazing, um, ta- amazingly talented singer-songwriters, musicians, and, yeah. they're, and they're all still playing and, you know, forming bands and doing their thing and playing bigger shows now. And that's awesome. You know, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You you said it before I could. I'm like you you're you're the one shooting the children, and now you have this rare photo of the next Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi or whoever when they were eight years old playing at the Stony the Pony on a on a exactly yeah I mean all these kids I mean Jimmy Law from Dogs in a Pile I mean this is a kid that's I've been shooting since he's probably about ten years old you know Um, and now he's like you know he's in college and he's playing these giant you know cool jam band festivals yeah you know and, uh, so yeah so yeah i love that stuff so um i would assume i know the answer to the question but i'll ask it anyway do you prefer being in the pit at like big starland ballroom shows or do you prefer the the local show the standing room only kind of just uh being around the area great question so somebody had asked me um a similar question years ago mm-hmm. of like you know where do I like to shoot better than, you know, type of a thing or what shows do I prefer? And, and here's my answer. And, and my wife will contest to this because every night when I'd come home from a show, my wife would say, how was the show? Mm -hmm. And I would say, great. 
and she says, I don't understand. How could you go to 3,000 shows and never see a bad show? <laughs> and I said, because <laughs> the reason is because I've learned how to take something from every show I go to, whether it be a big, you know, 5,000 capacity show, you know, or a show that has 12 people at it. Hmm. There's always something that I could take visually out of a show. And yes, the answer to your question is all of the above. Okay. Because every single venue I go to, I've learned how to utilize what I see and what I feel to my advantage. One of the things I've noticed, there's a lot of, again, uh, local photographers that there are certain venues they won't even go to shoot because it might not have good lighting mm. or it just might not be the right element for them. And that's fine. That's so that's everybody's path to choose, but that's not what I'm about because I'm not going to shows to take pictures to boost my ego. I'm going to shows to take pictures to document my journey mm. as well as the people I'm taking pictures to. This is about my journey with my family. This whole thing started with me going to shows with my son as just a father-son bonding activity. Yeah, it was I, all I was about just about documenting our journey as as fans of music and meeting other people at these shows. And that's what it was all about at the beginning. Everything else just kind of evolved out of that. Nothing was ever planned. And to, so to me, it's all about everything. The scene to me means everything, not just the metal scene, not just the punk scene, not just the hip hop scene. The scene is a whole of music. It's, yeah. it's the whole industry that includes bartenders that includes stagehands that includes lighting people you know how many lighting people contact me to to use my photos because it showcases what they can do as wow. a lighting person wow. they're getting paid so when i watch somebody post a picture in a beautiful lit up scenario and they make it black and white that doesn't make any sense oh, yeah. to me. I, I it, hate when people I, I'm put not filters. against it. I mean, it's their business of how they want to project what they see. I get it. But to me, I want to be able to showcase the people that are invested time and money into becoming what they are. I want people to be able to see what those people are capable of doing. Right? So when you go into the Stone Pony or Starland Ballroom or Asbury Lanes, I want to be able to showcase what those people are able to do, mm -hmm. you know? So I love to show off the whole atmosphere of that specific venue and what, even if it was the Brighton bar or, or a smaller, you know, yeah. darker lit, you know, type of a, a bar lounge, it's still a music scene. It's not my job to tell people what lighting should be in a, in a place. Yeah. It's my job to figure out how to take pictures in those places. Yeah. And I've learned everywhere I go how to understand that, you know, and how to time the lighting. I, I could go into any venue right now and I could probably tell you exactly when the lights are going to change and what color they're going to change. Wow. That's that's super important. Uh, so I'm... I've learned how to do that. You know, that's part of what I do. That's part of understanding how to get the shots that you want to get and be able to showcase what that not only the venue could do, but what the people even on stage could do. You know, I know when someone's going to jump. I know when someone's going to run from one side to the other. 
you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I would hardly call myself a photographer, just a guy with a camera. And I've been in a pit here or there. I do not like shooting in pits at big venues. <laughs> it is so aggressive and I am not good at getting the shot. So I have so much respect for people that do. Um, uh, before we go, um, there was another question I wanted to ask. Um, uh, well, it's not really a question. I just wanted to, uh, to say that, uh, I appreciate your transparency. Um, so if you guys go to, uh, Jeff Crespi rocks or subscribe to his YouTube page, you have a video uh, called reach out and find yourself. And, um, I appreciate the transparency and you talking about your life and that, um, and, uh, you know, I, I come from a family with a lot of people with addictive personalities. I probably do myself. Um, I <laughs> just haven't dabbled, I guess. So I guess I'm blessed in that way. But uh, I do appreciate you bringing light on that because uh, something like that shouldn't be as taboo as it is. So um, so if you guys are listening, I've uh, included the link to JeffCrespyRocks.com. So you can definitely go there or uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah, man, you're... Uh, I know you have many of stories and I would love to do this again too. Um, uh, some, I, I, I always say, uh, especially to people around here, you aren't shit until you have gotten a photo of taken by Jeff Crespi and I have too. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, um, how else do we find you? Um, I said the website and your YouTube, but um, uh, your social media. Yeah, it's pretty much Jeff Crespi rocks across the board. Uh, one thing I believe in is simplicity. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it is what it is. It's just, you know, I think kind of one of the, one of my biggest pet peeves is when bands playing, I don't know the band and I got to look them up and you can't find them for whatever reason, either there's 17 of that name or, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I always, you know, it was just very simplistic for me to do that. It just makes it life so much easier. Definitely. Um, so yeah. So just Jeff Crespi rocks, all social media.com site and that's it. Alrighty. Um, uh, I will definitely be at the pop-up shop. Maybe I'll get some quotes from some other people in the venue and add that to this podcast. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said earlier, rate, subscribe, review, all of that nice stuff. Um, uh, if I had to leave everybody with a sentiment, um, I think it's important that in whatever you do, you're a contributor to what you do. So if you want to be an artist in the scene or a photographer or uh, whatever, contribute to your local scene and everything else will come after that. So uh, that is definitely something I think Jeff is is excellent at, something I'm working on myself. Um, so I have a lot of respect. Um, uh, bravo. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. No, nah, definitely. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, and I will see you tomorrow. You got it. Thank you. All righty. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.